Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We talked to the, the, the defense yesterday that, you know, I'm not looking to bench people. I'm not looking to scare anybody, but there's a lot of young guys that are earning a lot of opportunity and they need the, they need the reps. And however you practice this week is going to determine how many reps those young guys get and how many reps those older guys get. We definitely saw guys, and you guys know who they are, Miles Farmer, Quentin Newsom, um, Luke Reimer, um, Jordan Riley got back in the game. Some of the outside linebackers um, affected the game probably more in their snaps than, than others. So it's going, to be a, it's going to be a good week of practice and guys know that the, uh, you know, it's, it's on the line. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washed, as we get you ready for Saturday's 11 a.m. game against Penn State in Memorial Stadium. It's November 14th, and it's the home opener, which is hard to believe, Robin. But, you know, the defense through two games, obviously Nebraska's 0-2, but they have played better. And, you know, they're more, they've played with physicality up front. I'll tell you a number that's really jumped out to me, and I, I did some deep diving on this this week. Um, in terms of pressures, quarterback hits, hurries, and sacks, Nebraska is averaging 20.5 of those per game. The last two years, they've averaged about 13 per game. So there's about seven to eight more plays per game that they're disrupting a quarterback than they were a year ago. And I think that really speaks volumes to the gains this group has made, um, the scheme changes and tinkering they've made. Um, and, and they played, the bottom line is they played well enough at Northwestern to win that game. Yeah, no question. I mean, uh, it's crazy that, you know, when you look at what this team is right now, uh, the majority of the strengths are on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think everybody's been really impressed with uh, the, the, the how this defensive line has taken that step forward with a bunch of young guys despite losing three players of the NFL. And, you know, the linebackers have maybe been the most pleasant surprise of all where uh, outside linebacker was, in, in my opinion, I'm sure many others, the biggest question mark on the team going into the season. And yet uh, with, you know, obviously JoJo on one side, but then that other uh, outside spot with Nick Henrich and um, Valdarius Payne and Garrett Nelson and those types of players, they've all stepped up in a big way to where, you know, they're setting the edge and they're doing the things necessary. They're getting some pressure on the quarterback and doing all those things that have been lacking the last two years in this defense that um, you really got to tip your hat to Mike Dawson. And then the secondary, um, even after losing two starters last week, they had two young guys, Miles Farmer, Quentin Newsom, step in admirably where Miles Farmer almost won on the game with how he played in the first half. So a lot to like on that side of the ball. And if the offense could play anywhere near the level it's supposed to, Nebraska's probably at least looking at being one and one right now. You know, Robin, it does make sense. The New York Giants have really tailed off without Mike Dawson, <laughs> yeah. and, and he's improved their defense. You know, Robin, if you're not familiar, Robin is probably the, the lead New York Giants fan in the state of Nebraska. Well, that's quite the title, but uh, yeah, I, I do, uh, for better or worse. Like you own Giants. it. And so, you know, to that point, Marcus Golden, who had, I think, eight, eight and a half sacks last year under Dawson, uh, he was absolutely terrible this year, and they ended up trading him to Arizona. So that just goes to show you the Dawson effect is real. No, and the way they got Payne going on limited time, he didn't have spring ball, that play where he kept 
Ramsey in containment mm-hmm. and forced to throw away. That doesn't show up on a stat sheet, but exactly. that that was not happening in the last two years. No question. And then the way they've changed the scheme up, they've gotten more creative where they'll just play two defensive linemen. It might be Ty Robinson and Ben Stilley together, and then they'll bring Payne in, and they'll have two stand-up outside linebackers on the edge um, with JoJo Doman as a nickel and Caleb Tanner. I mean, they'll do, they're just doing different things with that scheme that they weren't doing before. Yeah, and again, I think that that kind of shows how this uh, defense is evolving from where it was in year one, and a lot of that has to do with personnel. I mean, I, I think they have better depth on the defensive line to where not only do you have you know more players, you have guys that can play multiple spots, like a Ty Robinson, like a Stilly, and you can move pieces around. Uh, versatility is the name of the game with that front seven. And I didn't even mention the you know the inside linebackers. I mean, obviously, the Luke Reimer has been the story of the week on that side of the ball uh, with his – uh, extremely impressive debut and you pair him with you know Colin Miller's playing solid football Will Honus before his injury was playing well you know that group all of a sudden looks a lot more stable than it has in previous years so you know again I think that you know if this defense continues to play at this level you know they're, they're going to be in games and they're going to have opportunities to uh, you know win more often than not uh, assuming the offense can finally do its job. And Robin, uh, the secondary last week was shorthanded in the first half, and that might have been one of the bigger surprises. Miles Farmer came in and played outstanding. Um, you saw Quentin Newsom hold his own, but Miles Farmer had two interceptions. And granted, one bounced off a guy's helmet right to him, and the other was a bad throw, and he took advantage of it. But you have to do that. And we haven't seen that happen a lot with Nebraska football, where they forced the issue and got turnovers, which led to points. And those plays should have helped Nebraska win this game. Yep, that's the hallmark of this defense. I mean, they're not going to – It's not their play is not going to be reflected in you know the points allowed, yards allowed. It's going to be in the game-changing plays, turnovers, sacks, tackles for loss, those types of things that you know shift momentum and uh, change the course of a game. And Nebraska made more than enough to win that game. And what's going to be interesting is – what do you do with Miles Farmer going forward? I mean, obviously, you know, you like uh, Deontay. Deontay Williams. And Dismuke. But, you know, Deontay has already been thrown out of game for targeting. There was plays where he's, like, trying to tackle with his shoulder. He led Nebraska with three missed tackles. And so, at some point, you know, production's got to speak for itself. Oh, there's all this talk about the wide receivers playing more. you got some young DBs that are making the case. And I think that was one of the message when Eric Chenander spoke earlier this week is, you know, it's not just quarterback that they're looking at a, a competition week. You know, there's some spots on defense that if some of these veteran guys don't pick it up, they've got young guys right behind them that are going to take their jobs. And we're over six minutes into the segment, Robin, and how we've not talked about Luke Reimer. Um, I mentioned him. That that has been in depth. Yes. I mean, yeah, in depth. <laughs> that has been one of the real surprises of this defense and, you know, makes you wonder why wasn't he playing last year if he was that good? Because even Luke Reimer, without really as much experience, I think was probably better than what they had a year ago. He was unbelievable on Saturday. Like he, the, the way he was finding the football, we haven't seen a Nebraska linebacker do that in a long Since time. Levante David. I, I, you know, I wasn't ready you're, to you're jump not, to that. Well, well, okay, he, well, let's okay. Levante David led the Big Twelve in tackles his first season. That's on. I mean, we're not saying that's going to happen mm-hmm. here, but let's put some perspective here. He had six stop tackles in that game, 10 total. A stop tackle, if you're not familiar, is when the defense wins the down. It's a tackle where, you're, where you, you notice it, and you're like, ooh. And he had six of those. That already leads Nebraska, and he's only played one game. That's crazy. Yeah, and so just think about uh, where his you know development is going to be in a couple years. If he's already at this point to where you, know, you can make the case he's Nebraska's best linebacker right now. I mean, with the way that he played in that one game, uh, I mean, he, he was everywhere. And that – 
nose for the football and just in, instinctual mind for the game is going to make you, uh, you know, extremely productive at that inside linebacker spot in this defense, especially with the guys they have eating up blocks up front. So uh, the sky is the limit for Luke Reimer. I mean, what a story coming out of nowhere. Uh, you know, maybe you can speak more about just kind of his his path to get to Nebraska, but also just, you know, the, the strides he's made to where, you know, Barrett Rude, Shenander, Frost, they all say that, you know, we knew from the very first practice last year that this guy was going to be good, and now it's starting to show already. And the first time I ever heard about him was from a Wyoming coach who's now at Buffalo, and he had mentioned, he goes, have you seen this Reimer guy? He's a dude. But I think the conundrum a lot of coaches had was they didn't know if he could get big enough to play linebacker, and they didn't know if he had the hips to play safety. And he fell in this kind of no-man's land that a lot of in-state kids fall into. They're tweeners. And, you know, college coaches are really, really picky on using a scholarship on a tweener especially a, a guy that played eight-man football before he got to Nebraska and played for a not-so-good Nebraska high school program in terms of playoff success, et cetera. So, you know, you had to really project, and he was going to go to South Dakota State, decides to walk on here, and, man, I mean, he, he looks like a guy that could play at the next level, and th that's saying a lot for a kid that's only started one game. Yeah, no question. And, you know, he's sitting there, what, 6'1", uh, 220, you know, there's linebackers that have been about that size that have done just fine for themselves, even at the next level. But in a year ago at Maryland, you could see those instincts. He made a couple plays in that game late. Um, but, yeah, he, he was just new to the scene. And when you're a, a true freshman walk-on, if you're on the field right away, that's that's unheard of. And, and it, he has gotten a scholarship before any player I've ever, I've ever seen. I mean, how many second-year guys have earned scholarships? Very few. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Andy Janovich got one his second year. But that was a gentleman's agreement Bo Pelini promised him when he walked on. So, And by the way, Andy Janovich is yeah. in the NFL. Turns out Andy Janovich is pretty darn good. So when we come back, Robin, we'll, we'll get to the mailbag next and take questions. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.